Welcome, Life Church. I am so glad to be with you here tonight on a Thursday night as we continue in this series on the Lord's Prayer. It's been exciting, hasn't it, to look at and understand how Jesus taught us to pray. So let's pick it up right in the scripture in Matthew chapter 6, verses 9 to 11, where the Bible says this, this then, Jesus said, is how you should pray. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Isn't that wonderful? We stand in awe of the great God. And that's when we approach him in prayer, we are acknowledging who he is. We are standing in awe of his majesty and of his power. Our Father, which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. And then in verse 10, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. We have committed ourselves, number one, to God's will and to knowing God's will and to praying God's will and to doing God's will. We're committed to his will. We're committed to his kingdom. That's our heart. That's our passion corporately as a church that we would fulfill the mission that he has for us and expand the kingdom of God all throughout Maine, all throughout Gorham, all throughout Bath. That's the mission. That's what we're committed to, God's kingdom. But what's interesting to note then is in verse 11 where the emphasis goes from the majesty of God and the kingdom of God and the will of God now to, and by the way, God, as, as we're building your house, would you build ours? It's give us today our daily bread. Give us today our daily bread. I'd like to break down this verse 11 today in hopes that it will help you confidently ask God for all of your needs on a daily basis. So let's break it down. Give us, give us. Jesus told us to ask our heavenly father for our needs. You know, I think some of us are uncomfortable asking God for anything. However, regardless if that's how we feel or not, Jesus told us how to pray. And he said, listen, part of how you pray, after you pray my will and my kingdom come, I want you to pray for your needs. What an awesome father that he is concerned about our needs as well. Now, some have wrong thinking about this type of prayer. They really do. I've heard people say this. Maybe you have too. You know what? God's busy up there. He's running the universe. He's not concerned about my little problem today. There's no need of me praying and asking him for help. I can take care of it. Have you ever heard that? Have you ever thought that way? Other people say something like this. You know, I'm a hardworking, self-made individual. I've made myself who I am. I don't need anybody's help, including God's. I, I can handle it on my own. We don't depend on God at all. Some people think that way. Finally, some people would say this and try to make you feel guilty about praying for your needs. Listen, don't go to God for your needs. Stop being selfish. Think of all the real needs in the world. People dying with cancer, people in poverty, human trafficking, suffering, war, all these needs in the world. Don't concern God with what's going on in your life. Why would you ask him for anything? How selfish. Listen, now on the surface, all of these may sound good, but this way of thinking, this way of believing is contrary to how Jesus taught us to pray. Again, after we acknowledge the greatness and the the awesomeness of this great God that we serve, And after we pray his kingdom and his will be done, God says, now begin to pray and ask me for what you need. Are you doing that in your life? Are you asking God for what you need? I love what Jesus said here in Matthew chapter seven. He said, ask, 
and it will be given to you. And by the way, this is in the same sermon, the Sermon on the Mount, where he told us to ask. He said, seek and you'll find. Knock and the door will be open to you for everyone who asks, receives. And the one who seeks, finds. And, and to the one who knocks, the door will be opened. Which of you, if your son asks for bread, will you give him a stone? Or if he asks for a fish, will you give him a snake? If you then, though you are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your heavenly Father give good gifts to those who ask him? When's the last time you asked God to meet your needs, you asked him for a good gift, and you were just, you relished the thought that God loved you so much, he cared about the details of your life, the needs of your life. He really does. Give us. God, Give us. We ask you to give us. <laughs> Nothing wrong with that. Listen, I remember uh, several years ago, we were living in Scarborough. Actually, we had the rock at 183 U.S. Route 1 in those days. Some of you remember where that was uh, before Pastor Eric took it, and it's now by Scarborough High School. But we were living in Scarborough, and um, we had two girls at the time. And now we have four children, two girls and two boys, but then it was our two girls. And uh, our oldest was probably about nine or so. Our youngest was about four. And I just remember having this, this strong desire to have a son. And so I remember praying. And here's the funny thing. Have you ever had this happen? When you ask God for something that you need or something even that you want that was within the line of his will, and as you're asking, you remember right where you are, the exact spot where you prayed, and when you got the answered prayer, it all came back to you and you remember, I know God met me here. I know he heard my prayer right here. Well, I remember where I was. I was going from the master bedroom into the master bathroom and I was praying and asking God. And I said, God, I would really love to have a son. And here's the only thing I would ask, Lord, that you would name him. And I don't know how to explain it other than I just knew in my heart God heard that prayer. And so I walked into the bathroom and just left it with the Lord then I had my part to do, you understand, you know, faith without works is dead. You know, there was some work to be done here. Uh, but sure enough, very shortly after that prayer, our little four-year-old, her name was Victoria, our second daughter, she came bounding in the room one morning, early morning. My wife and I were still in bed and she jumps up on the bed. I can still see her blonde hair, just the blondest little hair, little ponytail on top, you know. And she said, mommy and daddy, I had a dream last night. And we hadn't told her a thing about the prayer. I told Lisa that I prayed this, and she was in agreement. We both wanted to ask God for a son, and that we wanted God to name the son. But we hadn't said anything to little Victoria. Anyway, she has this dream shortly after. She jumps up on our bed this early morning, and she says, Mommy and Daddy, guess what? I had a dream. She said, You did? Really? What was it? She said, God's going to give us a little boy. And when she said that, our ears just perked up. And then what she said next just floored me. She said, and God said, we're going to call his name Joseph. And I was like, God, that is so cool that you would care about that desire that I had in my heart and my wife had in her heart, that you would be that concerned with our prayers and you want us to ask you for good gifts and you would be willing to give it to us and you would go all the way to, to, the, uh, to the pains of telling a little girl to come in, giving her a dream, and having her come in and tell us the name of our son. And by the way, the name Joseph means the Lord adds. 
And so we knew that God added to our family as a result of that prayer. And today, Joseph is 15 years old. So he's here. I just love that. God gives good gifts to his children. Give us, Lord, give us. Our hearts are right before you. We worship you. We acknowledge who you are. We've prayed for your will to be done in our lives, your kingdom to come in our area. God, we're praying all this. And now, Lord, we turn to, the, to our own house, to our own needs, and we ask, Lord, give us. Give us. Praise God for the good gifts he gives to his children. When is the last time you ask God for something? Jesus said this to his own disciples. You remember this in John 16 and 24. He said, until now... You've not asked me for anything, nothing in my name, but ask and you will receive and your joy will be complete. I just want to encourage you, after you've prayed the will of God and God's kingdom come, would you begin to ask God for things? He wants your joy to be complete. Ask in Jesus' name. Ask the Father in the name of the Son, in faith. And let's see what God will do. Give us. And then the next part of his prayer, Jesus said, give us today. Today. This day. Not tomorrow. I'm asking for this today. Give us today. You see, this is how God wants us to, wants us to live, rather. He wants us to live one day at a time. He doesn't want us to worry He doesn't want us to squander our time. He doesn't want you to worry about tomorrow, what business deals you've got going on, what are the kids going to be like in a few years, what's going to happen in the world. He doesn't want you to worry about tomorrow at all. Give us today. Give us, Lord, this day. He wants us to depend upon him every single day. And that's what it means, by the way, to live by faith, is we are trusting God every single day with the needs of the day. God wants you and he wants me to live in the moment and not to waste a moment worrying. Worrying will keep you busy, but it won't get you anywhere. Jesus said this in the same uh, chapter. He said, Matthew six twenty seven. can any of you by worrying add a single hour to your life? What's the answer to that? No, actually, by worrying, you will take time away from your life. I mean, if the stress from worry is a killer. No, Jesus said this in Matthew 6, 34. He said, don't worry about tomorrow. Don't concern yourself with tomorrow. Don't live that way. Tomorrow will worry about itself. Just don't even go there. Each day has enough trouble of its own. Live one day at a time. We used to sing an old song, one day at a time, sweet Jesus. Remember that song? If you don't, that's okay. You're not missing a whole lot. The point is this, live one day at a time. Ask God for your needs every day and have faith that today God is going to take care of your situation. He's going to take care of you. How do you overcome that worry, by the way? By living one day at a time and by prayer by prayer. I want to share with you a scripture that has come to mean so much to me. And really, I think Matthew chapter 6 and Philippians chapter 4 are kind of parallel passages. There's so many similar concepts, what Paul says in Philippians 4 to the church at Philippi and what Jesus is teaching on the Sermon on the Mount in Matthew chapter 6. But in Philippians chapter 4 and verse 6, the Bible says this, don't worry about anything. 
Are you worried about anything today? Don't worry about anything. Not your marriage, not your children or your grandchildren, not your health, not your finances, not your business, not what's going on in North Korea. Don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. Tell God what you need and thank him for all that he's done. I love this, don't you? Don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. I like to say it this way. Turn your cares into prayers. You want to know, I don't, how, how is it possible to, to pray continually? I'll tell you how it's possible for someone like me who is, tends to worry, come from a long line of worriers. Here's how you pray continually. Turn every care into a prayer. Turn your cares into prayers. You know, I was saying, I come from a long line of warriors on my dad's side. My, my nana used to worry about a lot. My dad was, you know, be careful going out there. Don't fall through the ice. You get enough clothes on, watch the driving. You know, he's always kind of like that. And so I, I kind of had that in me a little bit anyway. And then a couple of events in life just kind of threw me off, really. And I, I really began to worry a lot. I'll give you an example. We were living in, in Florida. And uh, while we were living in Florida, this is before cell phones, right? <laughs> or they had the great big clunky cell phones. We didn't have cell phones. And uh, we were living in a part of the, of the city, and you were, there was always some murder going on. There was always something on the news, you know, kids are being stolen. And it was kind of a, a dangerous area compared to Maine anyway. And anyway, my wife was going to go out and meet some friends, and uh, she was going to come home at about 10 o'clock, I think the time was, and so 10 rolls around, she's not there, and then it's 10.30, and then it's 11, 11.30, and midnight, 12.30. Now, as each half hour, as each minute ticked by, my level of anxiety and worry just began to elevate. And I'm like, where is she? Where is she? Why would she not be home? Why did she not call? You know, what's going on? And my, my worry is just escalating. And uh, by the time like midnight's rolling around, she's not home. I had already projected in the future, okay, she's dead. I'm not kidding. This was, it was like a real feeling to me. So I was like grieving. And then I went through my head, just was going all kinds of crazy places. All right, how am I going to find a new wife? Because somebody's going to help me raise these girls. And, and my mind was jumping all over the place. I was so worried. And when she came home at like one in the morning, I was, I was like relieved and angry at the same time. But here's the thing, something got into my head from all, letting all that worry in, and for the next, I would say 10, 15 years, I can't remember the time, I was constantly worried, is she going to be okay? Is God taking care of her? Is, 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 what's going on? And I would worry about the future. Oh, what if something happens to her? What am I going to do? And, and I would play that out. I'm telling you, this was like a phobia in my life. And uh, Raquel can tell you, because when we, were, we moved to Maine after that trip in Florida, and They'd be going out and I'd be calling her, uh, are you okay? What time are you coming home? You know, and I was just paranoid. It just like got in my head. That's an awful way to live. Give us today, God, what we need today. Faith is now, right? You're going to take care of us now. I tell you what really helped set me free, and it, I still have to fight it sometimes, but not nearly like I used to, but it was the word of God. The truth will make you free, right? I came across this uh, scripture in Proverbs 3.25. It said this, you need not be afraid of sudden disaster 
or the destruction that comes upon the wicked. And I remember this just kind of sinking into my spirit. And every time I was tempted to worry, or even now as I'm tempted to worry, what I'm learning to do is take that care, see the promise of God. Listen, I don't have to worry about sudden disaster. Take that prayer, I care rather, and turn it into a prayer. God, I just put you in remembrance of your word. I thank you, Lord, that I don't have to worry about sudden disaster. I thank you, Lord, that that's not going to come upon our household. I thank you for your angels that keep us safe in all of our ways. And I just began to rehearse that over and over and get the word in my heart and in my mind and in my mouth. And the peace of God comes in place. Are you worried about anything today? If you are, live for today and turn that care into a prayer. Don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. Well, this thing didn't just automatically leave. I mean, I've had to wrestle with it and battle this worry in my life. I'll never forget the day your own Pastor Brian called me. We were at 183 U.S. Route 1 in Scarborough, and um, Lisa was with our two girls over at Pastor Brian and Raquel's house with their boys, and I get a phone call. And it's Pastor Brian, and here's what he said. He said, "Uh, Kirk, I don't want you to be worried now. Don't be concerned, Uh, but we can't find the little kids. And so I immediately went into panic mode because that was my MO in those days. And I remember hanging up the phone, getting in the car, running into the Scarborough Police Department. And I run into the police department frantic. My kids have been picked. My kids have been picked. And I'm just like freaking out. And they're like, what? They send the police cars there. I never have this, I'll never forget this memory of Lisa on her bike looking all over Brian and Raquel's neighborhood for, like, for Lukey and Victoria. They're missing, they're missing, little four-year-olds or wherever they, however old they were. I just tears streaming down her face. We can't find the kids, we can't find the kids. And that fear again just welling up in me. And I'm like, I wasn't turning my cares into prayers. I was just frantic. <laughs> you say, well, what happened? Well, the kids made the paper. I'll tell you what happened. It's Lukey's fault. Little Lukey and Victoria went down into their basement and they had a little pop tent and they were hiding in the tent. And they kept saying, let's not tell anybody we're down here. So the parents are going all over, calling all over the neighborhood. The neighbors are looking and they're hiding in that little tent. Well, when the little rats finally got found out, we had the police lecture them and the kids actually made the paper. Kids have been picked and they had played this little prank. Anyway, I'll move right along with this. But the point is this, don't worry about anything. Take care of today. Make sure that today you're obeying the Lord, you're doing what God would ask you to do, that your trust is in the Lord, that you're asking him for your needs. God, give us today. And then the final part of this prayer is this. Our daily, there it is again, today, what we need today, give us our daily bread. Give us our daily bread. Again, the emphasis on today, daily, every day depending upon God, every day asking God for our needs. Bread is, is the basic food of life, right? Bread and water. Bread is, in every culture, it represents the necessities of life. Spiritually, Jesus even said, I am the bread of life. Bread is what sustains us, what nourishes us, what we need. And Jesus is saying, listen, I want you to ask me Every day, without worrying, in faith, I want you to ask me every day for what you need. You're not bothering God. In fact, you're obeying him when we do this. 
And there's precedent for this in the Old Covenant. It was with that thing called manna. And by the way, in Exodus chapter 16, we pick up on some of this story, and I just want to read a little bit to it, to it of it rather, to you. The Bible says this in Exodus 14, 1 to 4. The whole Israelite community set out from Elam and came to the desert of Sin, which is between Elam and Sinai, on the 15th day of the second month, after they had come out of Egypt. So they're just coming out of Egypt. Moses is leading millions of people right into the wilderness. And then all of a sudden, in the desert, the whole community grumbles against Moses and Aaron. Oh, if only we had died by the Lord's hand in Egypt. There, we, they had just seen the Red Sea part. They had just seen the miraculous. They plundered the Egyptians. And just a few moments later, they're in the mully grubs. You know, oh, if we had just sat around pots of meat back then and we ate all the food we could, you know, and, and now you brought us out in this desert to starve us. We're all going to die. You know, it's amazing how quick public opinion can change. You see it in politics all the time. One day someone's on top, the next day they're on the bottom. You see it with athletes, you see it with stars. It's just human nature. One day they're saying to Jesus, Hosanna, Hosanna, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. And the next day it's stone him, crucify him, right? Kill him. The public opinion is swayed against Moses and Aaron. Even though the Red Sea is just parted and God has brought about a marvelous deliverance with the Passover and the whole exodus of the Israelites out of Egypt. But God said, I want to do something for you. I want this people to learn to trust me and depend on me and do what I say every single day. In verse 4, the Lord said to Moses, I'm going to do something that had never been done before in the history of the world. I'm going to rain down bread, sustenance, life, the necessities. I'm going to rain it out of heaven for you. And the people are to go out, how often? Each day. Our daily bread. Each day, and gather enough just for that day. Because we're not going to borrow on tomorrow. We're going to live in the moment, and we're going to turn our cares into prayers, and we're going to trust God in the, in the moment for our needs. And in this way, I will test them and see whether or not they will follow my instructions. So did the people follow God's instructions? Well, some of them did, but there was only enough manna, this white seedy stuff. It was like wafers made with honey is what it tasted like. There was only enough for each day. And so the Israelites would go out and they would gather it in baskets, just enough, an omer for a family or whatever, and they would gather it and they would make bread. It was delicious. But if they gathered too much, they're trying to hoard away because they don't want to have to go work tomorrow. They don't have to trust God tomorrow. In the morning, it would turn to maggots and it would stink. What was God teaching them? Well, number one, are you going to do what I tell you to do? And number two, are you going to trust me with the daily provision? The only time they were allowed to gather two days worth is on the, the day before the Sabbath because they were to rest on the Sabbath. And that was the only day when the extra lasted an extra day and didn't spoil. Why God was teaching them to trust him. You see, it's a, it's a test and it's a trust, this daily reliance upon God for our, our needs. God wants you to ask him, give us today our daily bread. God wants you to ask him for your daily needs. And he wants you to trust him every single day. 
He wants you to know him as the faithful God, as Jehovah Jireh, the God who's already seen in advance for tomorrow and made provision today for your today. And he's got provision for your tomorrow too. So don't worry. Turn your cares into prayers. God is our source. You know, Paul, again, I said these are kind of parallel passages, Philippians 4. Paul said this in Philippians 4. And this same God who takes care of me will supply how many of your needs? All your needs from his glorious riches, which have been given to us in Christ Jesus. Everything you need, God will supply. God wants you to know him like that. God wants you to depend upon him like that. Notice it doesn't say, my God shall supply all my greeds. No, your needs, not your greeds. In other words, we don't always get everything we want. So what are we going to do if we don't get everything we want? I asked you for this, God, and I asked you for that brand new Beamer, and I didn't get it. Or I asked you for, you know, recognition and that promotion at work, and I didn't get it. And we throw a temper tantrum. Have you ever noticed this about kids? That kids want stuff. <laughs> my, my grandson, Judah, He's just four. He's not quite entered into school, but my wife, Lisa, is going to try to kind of school him along a little bit in these early years. So he was doing, um, because we homeschool, my wife does it primarily, our 10-year-old, and so brought my grandson in uh, for the first day of homeschool. And he was like, oh, school, cool. I get to have everything I want. You know what he wanted for school? He said this to my wife. He said, Mammy, school's starting. I want a gun. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> that wouldn't go over in public school, would it? That's what I want, Grammy. Give me a gun, because that's what I want, because school's starting. Well, Judah, that's not how it works. What we're going to get you is a notebook and a pencil and an eraser, and we're going to teach you a few things here. This is what you're going to get what you need, not necessarily what you want. <laughs> do we give kids everything they want? Parents, I hope not. But do we give kids everything they need? I hope so. You see, sometimes we want things that aren't good for us. We want things for for wrong motives or selfish motives or for greed or things that we maybe, some of the mixed motives in our heart we don't even understand. And so we ask God for those things and we don't always get them. And so sometimes we get mad or disillusioned. But the point is this. He is our heavenly father. He knows what we need and he wants us to ask him after we've asked for his will to be done for our needs daily. And he said, I will meet those needs. You don't need to worry. I will meet those needs. God is our source. When we don't know what to do, God gives us wisdom. When we run out of energy, God gives us strength. When we feel like quitting or caving in, God gives us strength and encouragement and the happiness and the necessary will drive to do what needs to be done. He's our source of hope when things look hopeless. He's our source of peace when we're stressed out. He's our source of patience when we're irritated and we want to take matters into our own hands or blow up. He's our source of salvation when we're overwhelmed by guilt or shame. God is our source of encouragement when we feel like quitting, turning our back or giving up. God never leaves us. He never forsakes us. He is the faithful God. And our faithful Heavenly Father says to us, daily, come to me and ask what you need and I'll take care of it for you. What an awesome thing. 
We have an awesome God. We have a great God who is the source of everything. And he says, just ask me for what you need. You know, I have the privilege of serving on the board of directors here at Life Church, and I know a lot about your history from almost the beginning and some of the vision as to where you're headed. And here's what I believe about Life Church. I believe your best days are ahead of you. And I know that God wants you to be asking him today, not only for your needs personally, but for the needs corporately in this church. And I know you're going into a season of prayer, 21 days of prayer. Listen, I want to ask you if, if it is within your ability to be here for prayer, and if you can't physically be here, then in your car or at home or at place of work, find a place of prayer where you can join in with, with the prayer targets for this ministry. Because some big days are coming up again in October, right? October 15th, here at Life Church, we're going to four services. Four services. We're going to have Thursday night, and then an 8, a 9.30, and an 11 o'clock on Sunday morning. And what are we praying for? We are praying for our ones. God, show me one person. God, give me one person to share your love with today, right? We're asking God for that. And he is answering those prayers. Keep asking every day for your needs and for the needs of this body. Listen, we need to ask God for more souls to come into the kingdom for God's will to be done here at Life Church. We need to ask God, what is my part to play? Do I need to serve more? We need more people in the game serving, more, more dream teamers, more people who are saying, you know what? I'm going to worship one and I'm going to serve one. I'm going to serve one. Why? Because the kingdom called. The kingdom needs me. The king needs me. The kingdom of God is coming in power here at Life Church, and you have a role to play. And that role is in prayer, and that role is in service, and that role is by keeping your eyes open, looking for your wants. The best days of Life Church, I am telling you this, prophetically are ahead of you and not behind you. And you play an important part. So thank you for being here. I look forward to what God's doing. I look forward to you praying. I look forward to four services here, weekly services at Life Church. Thank you for the opportunity of sharing the word of God. Continue to pray the Lord's prayer. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done. And Lord, give us today our daily bread. God bless you.